Hello and welcome to the Bright Morning Podcast. I'm Elena Aguilar. Hi friends. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about how to normalize emotions in coaching conversations. Because as I'm sure you know, human beings have emotions and they come up in coaching conversations. I would actually say if they don't come up, then you're not really coaching transformationally. But how do you normalize them when they come up without necessarily agreeing with the beliefs that the person is expressing? That's what I'm going to tell you about. I'm going to give you very specific things that you can say that you've never heard me share before. But before we get into this episode, I want to extend a great big thank you to our listener with the username M. Jurado Albuquerque, who on Apple Podcasts Reviews wrote the following. What I learn every time I listen to Elena, reflection is the most powerful tool for growth. I began to learn from Elena and her team three years ago, and I am hooked. Someone who always provokes me to do better in my practice and even in my personal life. She gives you language to grow. I am forever grateful to have this in my life, something that I can learn from and give to others. So to that listener, thank you so much for taking the time to rate and review the podcast, as well as for those beautiful words. It means so much to me. But also, friends, leaving a review is a really quick and easy and free thing that you can do to support this show. It helps us to get it out there. And so maybe before before you listen to this episode or just afterwards, please hop over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a quick review. Okay, let's get into this episode. Five ways to normalize emotions in your coaching conversations. In the last episode, I talked about how every conversation is an equity conversation and also mentioned that whenever we talk about equity, emotions will be present. In some ways, if emotions aren't present, I don't think you're actually coaching into the corners that you need to be coaching. So when emotions are present, and especially in this kind of conversation, conversations about equity, many of us, both the coaches and the people being coached, we can get nervous. Emotions come up. And then we have a reaction to the emotion. The emotion then activates a new emotion cycle. And for the client, as well as sometimes for the coach, that can make us feel even more anxious about talking about equity. And that feeling can even generate shame and more fear and so on. And what happens then is the body and the chemicals that make emotions start running in a way that undermines our thinking brain. We get caught in these emotion loops or cycles. So one of the very first steps in coaching emotions, in responding to emotions when you witness them showing up, is to normalize them. This is part of what I talk about in the ACE framework, which if you don't know about, there'll be a link in the show notes. 
It's a really simple, powerful framework for coaching emotions. The A in ACE stands for acknowledge and accept emotions. And so that's the first thing we need to do when we hear a client expressing emotions, whether they're aware of the fact that they're experiencing or expressing emotions or not. We acknowledge them, we accept them, we normalize the emotions, we validate the experience of having emotions. And so I'm going to tell you how to do this, what to say, when to do it. But first, I just want to say again, that normalizing emotions doesn't mean you're agreeing with the idea or the sentiment that someone is expressing. It doesn't mean you're condoning whatever they're talking about. It means you are normalizing that human beings have emotions. Okay, so I'm going to give you five examples of scenarios in which a client is expressing emotions, and I'm going to tell you how you could respond. These scenarios are going to be somewhat specific. Every single one of them is one that I have experienced as a coach and perhaps also as a teacher. And I'm going to give you some responses that you can use. Okay, number one, the teacher you are coaching says, I work so hard. I spend my own money to buy supplies. I'm here at seven in the morning and I often don't leave until five or six. I go so far beyond what's expected of me. And still, I have parents coming in who are complaining. My principal keeps asking me to do more documentation of this and that. And then I have students who are just so rude to me. Here is how you could respond. It sounds like you're feeling some sadness and also frustration. Sometimes we feel frustration or anger when our boundaries have been crossed. Is this something you want to explore? Okay, let me unpack that a little bit. So first, the phrasing, it sounds like you're feeling, not you're feeling sad and angry. Okay, so it sounds like then someone can disagree with you if they want. And then a little bit of context. Sometimes we feel frustration or anger. So frustration is a shade of anger. Frustration is anger. It's helpful to know that because it's really helpful to talk about anger. So you're providing a little bit of information about frustration or anger that sometimes that arises when boundaries have been crossed. That's really helpful information for lots of people. And then an invitation. Is that something you want to explore? That's a non-judgmental sort of invitation to curiosity. So let me back up and say that that response rests on an understanding of what anger is. It's really helpful when we are coaching or when we are dealing with human beings, and that includes ourselves, to understand something about what anger is. Understanding anger is liberating. And that also includes the recognition that anger is a really powerful emotion for us to explore and to unpack. We can learn so much from learning about our own anger. And also, when we learn about our anger, Anger is less likely to come out as aggression, which is an unhealthy expression of anger. 
We've all experienced aggression, either in ourselves and or in other people. There's a big difference between anger and aggression. And so inviting a client to explore their frustration or this anger in a way in which you are making that invitation really openly, really from an attitude of like, this is normal. Do you want to unpack it? can really open up a lot of insight and understanding. That's the first example. You're basically hearing a teacher expressing a lot of feelings of lack of appreciation and wanting recognition. And you're naming what you're hearing as some of the emotions and inviting exploration. Okay, number two. So let's say you observe a teacher Maybe it's one that you have a pretty good relationship with and you see her snap at a child. And let's say then you see the child bursts into tears. And in the debrief, the teacher says, I can't believe you saw that. I am never like that. That student just pushes my buttons and I was having a really hard time. And I'm just so embarrassed. And you just must think I'm a horrible teacher. Okay. So how do you respond in a way that normalizes the emotions? You can say, thank you for sharing these thoughts and feelings with me. I recognize the trust that you have in me. And it sounds like you're feeling some shame about what happened. Shame is a normal human emotion that can be a powerful teacher for us. And you could leave it at that and you could see how the teacher responds. Or you could extend an invitation to unpack this situation or the feelings a little bit more. Sometimes it's enough to just say what I expressed and not unpack it. Sometimes you can leave it and see if the person sort of takes the next steps towards unpacking it or invite that. So about this scenario of feeling shame, shame can be a really hard emotion for a lot of us to feel and to talk about. It's helpful to know that Those people who research emotions say that all of our emotions have an evolutionary basis. All of our emotions helped us become good members of communities. And shame can be an exceptional behavior corrector. It can really be a wake-up call to who we are being, how we're showing up, and it can help us to avoid making those same kinds of mistakes or behaviors again. So I got to tell you, I will never forget during my third year teaching, this was about 25 years ago, when I screamed at a student in front of the whole class, I told him to shut up. And I felt such shame. Even now, I can still feel that shame rising up in my body. It just feels horrible, like on my back and my stomach. After it happened, immediately after, as I recognized what I had done, I apologized to this student. I talked to the whole class about what I had done and how it was wrong. And I got to tell you, I never screamed at a child again. 
So that experience of shame was horrible. And I processed it and I felt it and I talked to my coach at that time about it. And my shame became a teacher for me. So when we hear or sense or observe some of these really strong and uncomfortable emotions, it can be a huge opportunity for transformation. Okay, so that was the second scenario of how to respond when you witness shame. Third scenario, let's say you're meeting with a teacher, you've got a whole agenda, but you open it up saying, tell me about something good that's happened in the last couple of weeks. And the teacher describes a parent-teacher conference in which they felt super confident. Maybe they felt like they really connected with the child's parent. Maybe they say something like, I usually get so nervous when I'm meeting with parents, but this was the first conference where I felt really good. And you can just see the, the joy on their face, the glow, the radiance. So, you know, we human beings, as well as we coaches, tend to focus so much on things that aren't working, on the problems and the challenges. And so when we hear something that is going well, when we hear a client express feelings of satisfaction or joy or success, that's an incredible opportunity to help them soak those feelings in. This is an antidote to all those other moments. This becomes a compass point for how we want to be experiencing our work. So it's really essential that we hit pause, that we take a moment to maybe go deeper into that experience. So here's what you can say. I'm so glad you shared this with me. It's really important that we take in the experiences that feel good. So what did that experience feel like in your body? And then let them answer. And then you might follow up by saying, what was the belief that you were holding about yourself or that you hold about yourself now? And that's a way to help a client create new beliefs and for those beliefs to be embodied. You can also ask a client to name the positive emotions they felt and give them the core emotions document to find those words. These different opportunities to take in on a physical level, an emotional level, a cognitive level, to take in that experience of the good is really powerful. So that's the third scenario. Okay, fourth scenario. You're working with a new high school teacher, a white teacher who is teaching students who are all black and brown. And this new teacher has never lived or worked in the community that she's teaching in. And in one coaching session, she says, I know I'm not supposed to say this, but you're my coach and I trust you. And I just don't know who to talk about with this. But sometimes I'm just really uncomfortable around some of my students. It's like the girls are so loud and... They're always talking about how they're fighting each other and the boys, they're just big. I mean, they're men. They tower over me. Sometimes they're just pushing each other like as they walk into class. I don't even think they see me. And I just, I, I, just, I don't know. Okay. In that moment, 
my first suggestion for you is notice your emotions that arise. Notice if you feel uncomfortable. Notice if you feel maybe some aversion to what she's saying or some anger. Maybe notice if you're having some fear, maybe that you don't know what you're supposed to say, that you can't, how are you going to coach her? Maybe you remember when you felt that way and maybe you have some shame that comes up. Maybe you're not even recognizing the emotions because your mind is going all analytical because you're hearing the racism that she's internalized and it's kind of taking you out of your emotional experience. So just first notice and accept your own feelings. Going into your head can be a way of dissociating from the emotions, just noticing without judgment of yourself. Because some of us, when we hear teachers express what I just shared, fear of their students, fear that has a great deal to do with the white supremacy ideology, with the racism surrounding this kind of context, that can be hard for many of us. So noticing that first, noticing what comes up for that, and then saying, I'm glad you shared this with me. You have to say that genuinely, honestly, otherwise you're going to undermine yourself. I'm glad you shared this with me. I think it would be really helpful for us to explore this. What do you think you're feeling? So I didn't invite the teacher to unpack this. I didn't say, would you like to explore this? I made a statement. I said, I think it would be really helpful for us to explore this. What do you think you're feeling? And again, you might need to give this teacher the core emotions that's linked in the show notes, if you're not sure what that is, so that they can identify the words. Another thing you could say is, thank you for sharing that. I can imagine that was maybe uncomfortable to share. And I think I'm hearing fear. What do you think that fear is about? Now, in that statement, you're getting more specific. You're naming the emotion that is present and then inviting the teacher to unpack it. So a couple of options there. But make sure that you are maintaining sort of a dual awareness about what's coming up for you, your fear, your insecurity, your anger, your sadness, your shame, all of it, maybe even your hope, your optimism, your excitement that the conversation is happening, that might be present too. Okay, last scenario, scenario number five is a teacher who is just totally overwhelmed. And they're just telling you everything. And I know that you've heard lots of teachers talk who are totally overwhelmed. So I won't even give you a like what they say, because just imagine the teacher telling you they are totally overwhelmed. And then they come to a stopping point. Your response is first to take a long, slow, deep breath. And exhale audibly. 
and then hold silence for a moment or two. This cues your client into a little bit, perhaps a tiny, tiny little bit of a calmer place. They need to have that kind of experience from you. You're inviting them into shifting. And then you can say something like, that's a lot. That's a lot that you are experiencing. How does it feel to share that with me? So before you dive into everything they're saying or to the emotions, just giving them a moment to actually tune into how they're feeling right that moment. Because they might say it actually feels good to be able to just share all of that. And that's important. That is helping them transition into a different emotional state. So giving them a moment to sense how they're feeling in that moment. Then you could say, I'm hearing a number of emotions in what you just shared. Sadness, fear, maybe a little anger. Does that resonate? You might also tell them that overwhelm, when we say we're overwhelmed, when we're feeling overwhelmed, usually that includes those three emotions. Overwhelm is actually not technically an emotion. Psychologists do not say overwhelm is an emotion. They say overwhelm is a combination of emotions. And it usually includes sadness, fear, and anger. Those are hard for us. And finally, you can say we all experience overwhelm at times. It feels especially hard because there are so many emotions involved. What helps you when you feel a whole lot of feelings? What's helpful in those moments? And again, that's an invitation to explore how to shift those emotions. You don't want to push the, okay, time to shift, let's figure out how to get out of this, until you've really normalized and helped someone to accept that they're having those emotions. And there is a time when you want to say, what helps you when you're feeling this way? Giving your client the opportunity to identify the pathways out, identify some ways to shift. All right, friends, so there you've got five ways to normalize emotions in your coaching conversations when those strong and uncomfortable emotions come up or when the ones that we all want to be experiencing more of come up, the ones that point to what life can be like more often. So folks, would you do me a favor? And if you found this episode helpful, would you share it with a friend? Maybe send them a text message or an email with the link and say a word or two about why you found it helpful. It's really the best way for us to get this podcast out, which is something I am committed to doing. All right. Thanks for listening, friends. And also, thank you, Leslie Bickford, who is the podcast producer. And thank you, Stacy Goodman, who does the sound engineering. Take care, and I'll see you next time.